The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. We are now joined by a very special guest, a man that was putting hitters and folding chairs in his back pocket in 2020, a member of the first MLB all-team. Is that good? Or all-MLB team, sorry. Is that good? It is my pleasure to welcome the closing pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, Nick Anderson. How are you? I'm good, Johnny. Thanks for having me on. It's long overdue. It's long overdue. I, I'll admit it was a long overdue, correct? It's been like two years here. It's been a while. It's been a while. I like your text the other day, though. Yeah. I, I mean, like Rome wasn't built in a day. So some things just take some time to grow and all that stuff. I, I, I sat back, watched you carve the Toronto Blue Jays, and I respect it, even though it was kind of breaking my heart. But at, at this point, I'm like, all right, he's my guy now. So now I got to kind of tip my cap for it. But um, first thing I want to ask you, because this is completely nothing to do with baseball. And I get made fun of a lot for being short. You're a pretty tall dude. What's it like being like way above average height? I've never asked this to anyone before. Is that something you like notice on your day-to-day basis? Or what's it like being way, way above average height? For the for the most part, I don't notice it. Uh, it it'll, it'll be like the most random times, kind of like deja vu, right? You, yeah. you just all of a sudden, it's just like, you're like, wow, I've been here. Uh, that's how it is. It's, I don't really realize it, but then just some random times, it's like you feel extra tall. And so I think those are the times that it's like, okay, I, I am tall. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, and a lot of people on this podcast say when you're, when you're a pro athlete, if, when you're tall, it adds fuel to the fire because people look at you and they're like, this guy has to do something, right? Do people look at you and they say like they are Uber drivers or whatever say, you have to be a pro athlete, right? Like, is that something that people say to you because of your height? Well, hundred percent. You'll get, I get basketball the most. Really? Which, which honestly, even for like, if I was to be in the NBA, I was like, that's average, right? Like all the point guards are like six, four. Exactly. No, six, four, six, five. So yeah, like, no, yeah. Um, I randomly, yeah, I'll, I'll get like, for the most part though, it's, it's basketball and it'll just be like some nice old ladies, you know, be like, Oh yeah. my gosh. You're really tall. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go to the start of it here, man. So obviously 32nd round pick. Some may say the percentage for you to become a 
first team all MLB is as slim as it possibly gets. Not a jab at you, not a shot at you. That's just the stats. You're an NAI guy. When you went into this draft, when you got drafted, could you have pictured in your wildest dreams that you would be pitching at a World Series? And don't be cocky here. Or you could be cocky if you want. But did, is this stuff that you have imagined? Or is it just like, are you just exceeding the expectations you had on draft day or when you got drafted? To be honest, I'm a very just kind of just roll with the punches and I don't really think too far down the line. So thinking about potentially pitching the world series or anything, uh, it wasn't even a thought to me. Um, it, it, my literally like my thought was just to make it like that. That was my goal just to make it at some point. And then kind of like whatever happened after that point, just kind of just was going to happen. Um, so that, that was my focus was just, not, just on making it. So, so no, like I, I guess I never thought about pitching in the playoffs or in the world series. Um, well, yeah, I, never... you, I mean, you mentioned getting drafted, right? I mean, you, you mentioned making it to the show, but deep down, did you genuinely like truly think you were going to be a big league closer or a big leaguer when you got drafted? Was it like, did you realize how like small the percentage was? Yeah. I, everybody knows what the percentage is. What 0.1%, 0.01% or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever. It's super low. It's like 0.01% or something like that. Um, no, of course. But I've always had, I've always had the thought that like I was going to make it at some point i just didn't know when it was when it was going to be and and literally like it's not i never thought about like what i would do or like if i got there like like how good i'm gonna be or whatever like that that's not really my thought process they're like i go out and i just try to like compete and literally strike everybody out like that's that's my goal like and it's so in the moment that i feel like when you take care of all the small, you know, every day in the long run, it builds up to something bigger. True. And and we're talking about this, like the, the chances and all that kind of stuff, but putting things into perspective, you increased your chances substantially throughout your minor league career. For people listening, 238 ERA in your minor league career, which is absolutely ludicrous. You only pitched 196 innings in, in your minor league career, which is like very short compared to what some people will do as you climbed up the ladder, climbed up the levels, all that kind of stuff, did you look at, look back and be like, man, I'm actually kind of fucking nasty at the game of baseball. <laughs> like, did you want to have that opportunity where you're like, all right, I'm a little bit better than these other guys in the bullpen with me. So I, I, I never compare myself to anybody else. Uh, that's kind of, I got asked. I mean, that's, and that's a, that's a story in itself. Uh, I got asked that once and, and I was like, look, I don't think I'm, better than anybody that's in double a when i was in high a at the time i got asses yeah and i was like i don't look at that because like all that does is create bad energy like that's just thinking that you're like well i'm better than him i should be there well guess what you're not in control of that so True. i i don't like thinking about that's like a waste of time to me but am i confident like yeah for sure a hundred percent. Like well, I posted a one ERA in double A. That is lux bananas. Like, yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course. There, there definitely is some confidence with that. I'm not going to go around and, you know, I'm not going to get a t-shirt made 
yeah about it but uh yeah i mean you look back at it and it's like okay in the moment though i don't i don't think like i'm not thinking about that like every time i go out there i'm not like oh i'm nasty because yeah yeah it's like afterwards when it's all done and it's like damn i kind of killed it yeah and honestly, credit to you because I would be the cockiest piece of shit if I had a one ERA and double A. I would be the I I would be a menace on the mound. Like I would be the biggest piece of shit ever if I had a one ERA. I would be like, there's more people that have been on the moon than I've scored on me this season. Like I it just, which is credit to you for that. So I just got to tip my cap for that. But I mean. So what are your obviously I can't find your NAI stats. I also didn't do like a deep dive in your NAI career, but were you just fucking nasty in NAI? Or like what what's you went to Maryville? Is that what's the name of the school? Maryville, right? Or Mayville or Mayville. Yeah. Mayville. Were you just a freak there? Or like what's the deal? It was well that so that that's kind of one of those things like going from D2 to there. I definitely kind of walked in there being like like not on the <laughs> shit, but yeah, like. I don't know. It's NAIA and like there, there are some really good NAIA schools, but still, I think anytime you're going from like a good D2 school or D1 or whatever, and kind of going to NAIA, I feel like you kind of, especially in college, you know, you're going to walk in there thinking you're a little bit of a top dog. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What, what were you saying? So were, like, what were your stats in NAI? Like, did you post like a sub two ERA? Because obviously it's no. hard to get drafted at NAI compared to like a D2 or a D1, obviously, right? Yeah, so I was actually a starter. You were a starter? Yeah. So I started, were, were you buzzing or what, what was it, what's the stat line? After, I don't even know. I don't even know. Look, look it up quick. I don't know. I, I don't do that. I don't pay attention. So you had, uh, so you're just one of the most mellow guys that just would throw it and have no idea what the fuck what what happened the week before that. I'm gonna search it. Nick Anderson Mayville. Hey, hey, Johnny, you you could you could hit me up after an outing and be like, hey, what happened on this at bat? And I might be like, <laughs> wait, I faced him. <laughs> oh my god, bro, you look like a young buck in this. Let me pull it up. Let me pull up the career. Hey, I had I had hair too. Yeah, you were but 2012. 2012 i was 15 years old this is look at you man just a young nick anderson just absolutely incredible i can't find i don't know there's just they don't have their stats from 2012 i don't know what the fuck's going on but anyway well, it's yeah they, they probably yeah yeah they just no shot. yeah there's they no don't shot have that. yeah there's no shot they have that but anyway so in your minor league career i want I, i'm a big minor league guy and i love minor league stories the first thing that i want to bring up what's one town you visited that was an absolute like where the fuck am i like what am i doing here we like there's a lot of towns i get roasted on this podcast i'm assuming you're going to say the exact same one but let's just hear it what's that one town you visited where it's like where the fuck am i this is like this is in the middle of nowhere this feel is terrible like what am i doing here beloit is it beloit wisconsin (sighs) yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) I kind of forgot about Beloit. If we're being, <laughs> if we're being honest, I, I, you know, you know, if, you know, when you do something and it's just not pleasurable, and, and <laughs> it, you, know, you know, you don't really, you just forget it. <laughs> yeah, I can respect that. That's the town yeah. that gets the roasted the most, man. It's Beloit, so Wisconsin. For, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. Do you remember it? Like, give the people a little background. Like, what was Beloit, Wisconsin, like for you? 
so we didn't um it was just a commute trip we never actually stayed in beloit because i was oh. in cedar rapids oh okay so that makes more we, sense we literally just would commute but oh but driving in and showing up to the field still was like <laughs> what, are, what are we doing it was like a, we heard, it brought me back to the town ball days in Minnesota. I heard the clubhouses there, and I think I'm thinking about the same one you are. The clubhouses don't have like concrete on the ground; it's sand. Like the the the, the clubhouse is sand on the on the bottom. So when you'd come out of the shower, you'd be stepping in legit sand. I think they had they they had they might have had carpet over it though. I yeah. they, that kind of sounds right. But they, it wasn't straight sand. It wasn't like you're walking in sand. I yeah, I not, just yeah, I just heard stories of people not, just walking. I just heard people so like how like, how, how long ago? Because I I was there in 2015. Well, actually, I don't know if you want to congratulate me, but we bullied them into actually building a new stadium. Like they have a brand new like. So we dropped this podcast, and then all the yeah. minor league guests we had, like the big league guests we've had on, they just shit talked Beloit, and it would just continue to get ricochet shots, ricochet shots, ricochet <laughs> shots, and then we bullied that. I got tagged in a tweet from like some, a listener, and it was like Beloit, Wisconsin, brand new baseball facility for minor leagues. Like, oh fuck! All right, we bullied them into built like a new facility. So I don't know how long ago it was, but I know it was a, a, a pretty good, a pretty good amount of time ago. But we're talking about minor leagues here. What's your funniest minor league story? And I'll give you a little background. We've had stories of guys, fans climbing light poles with machetes. We've had fans waiting outside of buses to fight players. We've had like just fans thinking the dugout is like a seating. So they like they would just walk into the dugout and just sit with the players and they'd get kicked out because they thought it was like VIP seating. Like what, what story do you have from your minor league career? Put me, put me on the spot. This, uh... I know. Pretty bad when it pretty bad when it comes to, to comes to questions like this. So you have no minor like nothing like no fucking town you visited where it's like smelled like dog shit or just a fan that was just ludicrous or just a drunk fan at a minor league game that got after you as a pitcher. No, not really. Nobody knew who I was. That's a good point. That's a great nobody point. Knew who I, nobody nobody That's knew who point. I was. That's, That's why point. I like flying under the radar too because. Then you get away with shit. <laughs> that is true. But the thing is, though, now you, you, you're you never going to be under the radar again after the 2020 season. Like, every single time you're in the bullpen now, there's going to be fans in your ear. Every single time you come up to the mound, especially at Yankee Stadium or I guess you can say Rogers Center in Fenway, there's going to be fans in your ear. You're never going to be laying low again. So how does that feel to be a guy that's going to be kind of not the top dog, but the guy that's known in the bullpen? I mean, that's fine. That's part of the game. It's honestly, I think once once you make a little bit of a name for yourself or whatever, that people more people do know you. So you're going like that just comes with the territory. You gotta understand that. And when I'm on the mound, I don't hear anything anyways. So the biggest thing is probably in the bullpen. So but let's go. I find, yeah. I find enjoyment out of that. I appreciate good chirps. What's the best chirp you've heard in your major league career? I don't, so I hear it and I laugh in the moment, but I don't remember it. Like, I don't remember it. You know, okay. So if I remembered it, then I feel it would, it would have got to me. So this is what we're going to do. So when you guys play, when you play in Toronto, because I'm assuming you're going to be back soon, maybe we could break some news when you'll be back. You'll be back soon. 
I'm going to, you're going to get me ticket. Actually, no, you know what? I'll buy the tickets. I'm going to buy tickets behind the Rays bullpen in Toronto. And I'm just going to sit there and just jot notes, see what people are saying about you. I'm going to try to remember, you know what? I'm going to be your note guy. And maybe I could actually quit my job and I'll just be your full-time note guy working for you, living out of your garage. And we'll just, we'll have like a little thing going on here. I'll just write down the shit people say to you. I'm not going to chirp back, even though I want to. And I'll just be writing down. All right. He called Nick this, called Nick that. This is something that Nick could counter at him with. I'll, that, that's what I'll be there. Well, that would be the insight. That's like players coming out and talking about all the DMS and, and um, you know, kill death threats and stuff that they get. <laughs> uh, that, that would be, that would be a live look into that. It would be. And, and the thing is, and these fans are absolutely ruthless with social media now. And I got to ask you, you're it's not a big, social- uh, I, I hate it. It's unbelievable. You're, so you're not a big social media guy, obviously. No. Cre- yeah, which is fine. The only thing you're going to actually retweet and actually think you're going to show love to is this podcast. That's the only thing you're going to be doing. But besides the fact, do, did you ever have you ever looked at the DMs you've gotten or have people roasted you like to the point where you're like, man, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Have you gotten that? So yeah, one hundred percent. And that's and and that's on. So I should have taken screenshots just because I don't remember all the stuff that people have said. Just just because it's not really relevant. I look at it, I'm like, this guy's an idiot, and then I delete it. Yeah. But I should have taken screenshots of all you know of the DMs, and then I could actually go back and look at it and tell you tell you what some of them were. But what's the fan base though? What's the fan base that did it primarily? In your opinion, is it Yankee? Like what what fan base would come at you the most? Do you think? It, I wouldn't even say it's a fan base. It's just when you don't do good. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's it's, so if you lost it, people money, it's either when you don't do good. Yeah. And then, or so say some Yankees fans or whatever, like if you go out and shut them down and then, yeah. But, okay. but for the most part, I would say it's more. Yeah. If you probably lost the money or whatever say they're a Rays fan and it was the world series and you know i was gassed or whatever you know and they're like hey dude you suck thanks for blowing it you know yeah okay so it, that makes it, sense yeah i wouldn't really say i get to like i got too much from doing good against the team the only time that people come into the dms is when you're doing shit realistically yeah, yeah because Maybe I mean there there's a little bit of mix of both, but every time someone is in your DMs, it's you, usually they want something or they want to try to fucking body bag you virtually and roast you. That's the only two things. There's not there's no in between with the fan bases, which is crazy to me. But you do pitch in one of the worst divisions for fan bases, though. Correct? I mean, you got the Yankees, the Red Sox, and Jays fans aren't too friendly. I'll be honest. I'll hand up to me for that. So. You've been you probably been getting it a lot on DMs, which is something you gotta just kind of tip your cap at. Yeah, it, like I said, it's just kind of it's kind of part of it. I, I don't really put too much thought into it. The 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 part that I think is absurd is the entitlement that people feel to just like say something, <laughs> like like it matters, like. I don't I don't know when. Like back in the day, you say something, you get punched in the face. <laughs> well, you know, like a good point. Keyboard warriors now, it's it's unbelievable. It's yeah, and I, I I'm under this illusion, and I actually I, I'm me I I copy this rule from part of my take uh podcast. 
you should a major league a major league baseball player or an athlete in general should be allowed to fight one fan a year. Like I'm under that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That would be great entertainment. Rob Manfred, bang my line. We'll come up with some shit. One, one, one fan a year, Major League Baseball player gets to fight. And you don't want to waste it the first series. You want to like kind of ease into it, you know, kind of well, save it to the end. Yeah, we we're we gonna do this on like rough and rowdy. Yeah, like a rough and rowdy thing, <laughs> some shit like that. I don't know, but I feel like it'd be so goddamn incredible if you just have like Bryce Harper fighting just some average Philly fan that just been in his year, his whole <laughs> career. That would be the funniest so, shit ever. It, it, it would be funny, but it'd be a lose lose situation because yeah. if you won, it's like, well, he's a pro athlete, he should have won. And then if you lost, well, then it's like, <laughs> yeah. how could you lose to that? Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's definitely it's one of the worst situ- case situations you could possibly be in. But so let's go on your major league debut. So obviously your major league debut, and I'm noticing it here. You only went one out, which is kind of bananas. So it wasn't really like a you kind of, you came out of the bullpen. Obviously, a no like not really a build up. You pitch one out and then you're done. What was that debut like for you in 2019? You're against the Colorado Rockies. You're at home. Did you know we were going in at that time? And actually, like. Just, just explain the situation, like the call up, all of it. Like, like I said, I I knew it was gonna happen at one point. Like making it, like I just had that, I had that thought, like I'm gonna make it. It just, I just didn't know when. Um, but when I got traded from the Twins to Miami, and I talked to Miami that November, it was like, it was almost like a weight lifted off my chest because, or off my shoulders, whatever. Um, Miami was like, Hey, we want to trade for you. If we didn't think you could make an impact on the team right away. So like come into spring training pretty much and just do your thing and you'll make the team like that. That's what I felt from that conversation. So it was like, all right, cool. Like going to camp, do what I can and, you know, probably hopefully make the team. So going into camp and then obviously when it starts to get towards the end, and there's like two, three people that are like kind of on the fence. And it's like, hey, there's two spots. Like, who's going to be the odd one out? Um, it was pretty cool that there was all three of us, Austin Bryce and Tyler Kinley and myself. And so we all got called in the office at the same time. And all three of us got told that we were making the team. Wow. Uh, yeah. It was, so that, that was pretty sweet. Because like us three were the ones that were like talking like, hey, did you hear anything yet? You hear anything yet? Um so it was pretty cool just to be in there with them and all get told at the same time. And so you were there on the Marlins era when they had that inflatable, whatever the fuck thing that was in center field, correct? Like that massive. No, stu- no, 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 no. That was in, I think they ended that either in 17 or 18. They oh, might okay. Have ended that in, okay. Cause I, I was going to ask ended, you, I think they ended that in 18. Okay, because I was going to say, like, how, what was it like? But that's besides the fact. I mean, playing in Miami, actually, in front of the – Bryson Stott was playing in Miami. He was sending me Snapchats of it last week. What is my? What is it like to play there? Because it's just full of exotic cars, absolute rocket ship women. It is – I feel like you could kind of – it's hard to oh, – for some, maybe for some people, it's hard to focus your attention primarily on baseball at all times, right? I mean, it's it's one of the best cities in America. Uh, well, when the bullpen's right next to the Clevelander in the outfield, too. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, literally, you can see over there. I mean, I, but it's, uh, I mean, Miami is definitely a fun city. Yeah. And if you're not responsible 
Like you absolutely, if you get into some shit, a hundred percent. As far as like the city, just the, tra- the traffic sucks. Uh, <laughs> I mean, drivers, yeah, it's just not good. Uh, there's so much money in Miami. It's crazy, dude. It it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And this is gonna sound crazy, but point like you know, making a good amount of money playing in the big leagues, right? Like you would feel like you're making a good amount of money. To me, I felt like average. <laughs> like I, I was like in the median for income. That's it, true. It was unbelievable. I mean, because you if you go out to clubs or whatever, it's five grand, ten grand a table. <laughs> like we went, like we went on a thing on it might have been. Easter, we had a day game or something, and we were like, "Hey, let's go to this place, like, see if we can get a table." Just this super small place on the river. They wanted like seven grand, <laughs> and I wasn't with any vets either. It was just a couple. I mean, a couple, you know, guys that got two, three years or whatever. But we were like, "Yeah, all right, see ya." That's crazy. I don't know. I don't spend, I guess I don't spend money quite like that, but I think seven grand for this small little place or whatever, like it was ridiculous. So in that sense, that's what I mean about just like the amount of money that is there is, is nuts. Yeah. The, the cars, the yachts, like the, the boat life is, is crazy. What would you say? What would you say is like the biggest difference though? Like between Tampa Bay, which is in the same state, would you say Tampa Bay is more, obviously it's more mellow, but What's the biggest difference in one, like the fans Two, I guess you could say just the lifestyle of living there. Like, is it, what's the massive difference? Less traffic. Like, what is it? No, there's definitely still traffic here and the drivers still suck. It's Florida. <laughs> it's like, it's a little, it's a little bit of sprinkling going on and, and it's like it, the roads are icy and it's snowing. Uh, but it's just slower. It's more chill. It's a little more, it's more down to earth. I feel like Miami, Miami is very materialistic, which yeah. I, which I think anywhere where you get, there's like that much money. I think things are a little materialistic. Did part of you ever think about like, Hey, maybe I'm going to rock a fucking chain or like, did you be honest? Like, this is a true circle. This is the, this is the, the fish of a true circle. Did any part of you be like, I'm going to maybe like rock a chain like Jazz Chisholm or, or Miguel Rojas or guys like that. Like, or maybe I'm going to show up to a game in a Gucci track suit. Were you ever that guy there? No, I respect no, that. No, I, I, at one point, will I have, will I have a nice chain at some point? Yeah. But <laughs> am I going to wear it to like, am I going to wear it to the field and wear it playing? No. For what? Like, I, don't I don't get know. that either. To, to be honest, so, so to be honest, I don't like drawing attention to myself. So I think when you wear stuff like that, well, I mean, everybody, like you see it, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard when you got a big chain, like people are going to notice it. So I try to avoid, I try to have like, I try to be sleek about, about things and, flaunting it a little bit i guess yeah I like have it like like if i had a lambo i wouldn't get a neon green or like orange lambo <laughs> like just because like you can see that from a mile away down the road 
Like, okay, for example, Wander Franco has some of the sickest car collection I've ever seen in my fucking life. I, every time this guy goes into a game, it looks like he has a brand new exotic car. Are, obviously, you're going to be signing a big ticket here sooner than later. Are you going to be an exotic car guy at least? Like, do, can you I like, see yourself? I, I like cars, yeah. So right, what, what's your dream car? Like once that big deal sign, that big ticket sign, what's that car you're going to be ripping around in? If we're being honest, I really don't have one car that's on my mind, but I would like, I would like to have a Lambo. So some, some sort of Lambo at some point, whether yeah. I had it, whether I had it for six months and just drove it and then got rid of it. But like, at least I had, like I had it, you know, I gotta, I gotta mess around with it for a little bit. Dude, and speaking um, of that, oh, I just think, yeah, I just think the lamb, the the exterior of a Lambo is just different. It's also one of the biggest baller things ever. Like just the whole you stepping out of the vehicle pregame, getting those pictures for the Rays Instagram. It's just the count whole me, way. Count me, count me out on that. It's I, just the way. No, we're gonna be doing it. We're gonna be doing it. I mean, actually, what we're gonna do is when you come to Toronto, I'm gonna have you drive my Sonata to a game. And we're just going to, like the common man's picture, we're going to start snapping pictures of you on your way to the game in like a 2012 Hyundai Sonata with no with no gas. Like you, you don't know how much gas, is, no AC, no heat, none of it, just the common man's picture. And then we're going to start getting st- stories like, wow, Nick Anderson drives a 2012 Hyundai Sonata still. And he's in a big league picture. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, I'll wear, I'll, wear some, I'll wear some of those jeans with holes in them and stuff and maybe some flip-flops, just going super, super cash. So you're the common man's guy. I, I can respect the fuck out of that, man. That's just, it's like I said, it's it's just thank the good Lord it's you and not me up there because all that signing bonus you got, all that contract you got would be all gone. I It's just, that's just plain and simple. That's just how I roll. But that's just the credit to you for that. So you get, so then you go to the Rays, right? And everyone talks about the Rays, every single guy they got, they win the trade no matter what, just based off of that. You are kind of like an analogy of that, correct? Like you are kind of like a prime example of when a guy goes to the Rays, they just turn into the greatest pitcher to ever fucking step foot on a mound. So <laughs> what, what was the what was the difference there? Like wh- when did this happen? Because obviously you have like a three something with the Marlins. You get to the Rays, you have a fucking one ERA or one something, whatever it was. And then you you go, you're all MLB. You're the best closer in baseball. Like what was the change there? What did they change with you? Was it your mindset? Like your pitch grips, your at it? Like what was it? nothing honestly they they didn't change anything that I, I when i got there they said hey we're gonna throw you into the fire just go out and do do what you've been doing and literally that was it so really and then they, yeah i mean we talked about some analytics but like very that wasn't even in the beginning or like you know pitch just you know what i should throw kind of what's what's my best pitch so um but that was like not the conversation that we had right away they literally literally was just like hey welcome go do your thing and then yeah i I don't know i guess it's just the is is it the atmosphere of the team like expecting to win every game like what is it then like what makes the difference because luplo luplo said it was just he's never been in a locker room where it's every single game it's we're fucking winning this game no matter what like we're winning this like is that what the difference is the atmosphere okay um i so i haven't been in the big leagues with another good team i was with miami that was it yeah. so i only know the difference really from miami to the rays and i mean definitely 
Yeah, you just you know you're on a you know you're on a good team, hundred percent. That's what and everybody's putting in. I don't want to say everybody's putting in their work because everybody always puts in their work. But yeah, there is just a little bit of a different a little bit of a different vibe that. I don't know. You've been on a good sports team and been on a shitty and been on. A no, shitty. I've actually been shit at every fucking sport I've ever played in my life. So that's just well, we're not. Well, we're not. No, but my, about- no, my college team was dog shit, too. Like it, 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 that's just I am a born loser. I was only born to just be a podcaster. Like I, I'm a born fucking loser. I was at the end of the day. Uh, the and only a, thing and a note taker. Yeah. And a note taker. The only thing that I'm good at is. I guess the pump of my tire is making people laugh and just being an absolute fucking clown show. And I was a born loser in athletic wise, never hit above my body weight. Was that, was that, was that every single team, right? That's what I was, the morale guy. And that's just all, that's just what I'll always be. And speaking of morale guys, I got to bring this shit up. Your teammates with this guy, how close would you say you are with Brett Phillips? uh like are you I guys mean, good friends i wouldn't say good i wouldn't say good friends so like once you're once you're on a team like your teammates were friends i've seen them out like outside of the field like in the off season i saw him once this last winter because okay. i was down here in florida so okay. we're friends yeah i wouldn't say you know we don't we don't hit each other up to go out to eat or Okay, because I was going to bring up, I do have a gripe to pick with him. He's kind of dead to me. He did big league this podcast. His agent said he was going to come on and kept pushing it back month by month. So I just want to let you know, if there if there is some raise hate in my tone, it's because of Brett Phillips. Just to keep it's, you in the loop. That's it. It's to, it's to him, Kev. It's to you him. Probably, you, probably, you probably hated me for the last two years. No, I never. No, no, no. This is the thing. The only And, and obviously, I have a Jays podcast. Shout out to Gate 14 podcast. Growing crazy. I, the only team I will ever hate in the American League East is the New York Yankees. I will never hate any other player or any other team. The only team I hate is the Yankees. That is just from the child all the way up to now. I will always. That's in your them. blood. Yeah, I, I'm not, it just the Rays are like the lovable, the lovable team in the division that finds a way to win with just random players. Like honestly, like they have they 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 like they have superstars with Franco, all these guys, but that's just who they are. So when you got traded to the Rays, obviously you had a, like a, a crazy amount of success, like all MLB 2020. Let's go into that 2020 season, man. Obviously it's very, I guess you could say small sample size, but you were absolutely carving, dude. I think, I, I think you only gave up, what is it? Two or three runs that whole season, which was the shortened season. Um, you had like a one something ERA. Let me pull it up actually for the people at home listening. Cause it's just, yeah, you had a 0.55 ERA. 16 innings pitched, one home run, one earned run. Is that fucking good? You tell me. So what was buzzing around for you that season? Like, what was going well for you that season? Was it just like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm just locked every single game? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> how cool is that? Listen, I'm a common man. How cool is that? Like, how cool does that feel? Like, because I don't know it, and people listening to this podcast don't know it. How cool does it feel to be in your zone and make major league hitters look like that? Because it's crazy. That's so. I don't know if you have some area that you feel not not safe, but like you feel locked in, probably behind the mic right now. Like yeah. you're locked in. Like you said, you're built a podcast. Um, that's kind of how I like to treat the mound too. So like when I get out on the mound, like nothing else matters going on around me, 
and it's just like locked in. So to go up there and yeah, really like it was just kind of my comfort zone that I was going up there and that was probably the most confident that I've probably ever been on the mound literally. <laughs> and I don't know if it came from COVID of being like everything shut down and be like, well, life sucks. And then starting up and just like this, you know, spring 2.0 was so weird that I was just like, whatever, you know, it was, I was really just kind of like, whatever about everything. (laughs) So then like when the season started, it was like, Oh, all right. Well, you know, and then I went out and just threw, I I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't care. That's, I mean, obviously you get there, you have a 211 ERA in 2019 when you join the team, which is like 1.81 less than what it was with the Marlins. So, I mean, you were just on the loose both of those years, but like, like I said, I mean, what, what would you say, and maybe I'm making uh, a reason for you here. Would you say that success came because you're playing on a more competitive team? So every time you're on the mound, it means a little bit more than what it did when you were on the Marlins. Like, would that maybe be a reason? So back to back to that. So in the beginning of the year, so say making my debut, I know you asked this, you asked this earlier and we just got sidetracked, but so like making my debut like that day and like we were losing. And so I literally thought, I'm like, all right, this is probably a first game of the year. Like I'm going to debut. I'm going to get in there. I think we were losing like six to one. Yeah. And so the time was like getting close and, and like my, I mean, of course I had nerves, you know, and getting up on the mound, warming up, like once the phone rang and I was warming up and everything. And then I kind of hit a point on the mound that I'm like, what am I worried about right now? Like, this is what I've been trying, like I've been trying to get to this point for a long time. And like, and I'm here, I'm about to go into the game. So why would I not, be more excited about it than nervous so i literally kind of just turned everything into just being like excited like i was running out there to throw for the first time like this is this is sweet cool like let's do this not not like oh crap you know uh yeah that makes more sense i guess you were just like more level-headed about it than some people get because some people make the moment too big right yeah yeah, I mean, if we were game on the line, you know, bases juiced or something, what would have it been a little bit different? Yeah, I'm sure. But um, yeah, go, going from there. So then, like, as the season goes on, I feel like once July kind of hits, it's it's like kind of dragging a little bit. Yeah, you know, you're like, man, that's like the midway point, and. I, anytime you get traded to a new team or you have to leave something that you're kind of comfortable with, it, it heightens everything again, because you can't go into a new team, you know, just being like, Oh, Hey, what's up guys? Like, you know, you want to go in and you want to make a good impression on everybody. You want to be, you're going to be happy. You're going to be high spirited. You know, that's just, for me, that's how I handle those situations. I don't know. Maybe some people would just go in and just be like, oh, whatever. But so I think like being traded at the deadline, that's kind of at the end of July, that just kind of spiked everything again, like back up. And then knowing that 
I was going to a good team too. That was like, had a really good chance of making the playoffs. We kind of just heightened everything as well. That's a good point. That's a, that's a good point. I mean, I always wonder that because there's a stat out there, especially for hockey, that guys that get traded at the deadline, only like seven or eight all time have ever went on to win the Stanley Cup for that team that season. Like the, the deadline yeah. acquisitions make a very minimal difference in sports. They really do. Um, and you saw last year with the Dodgers, they got Trey Turner, they get all these guys, and then they lose in the NLCS to our guy, Kyle, uh, Tyler Matzik. So you just love to see it, by the way, with that. But it's just, I mean, no, it's a good, that's a good point to make. It just, everything gets heightened when you get traded there. But what was the first impression you got with the Rays? Because obviously you're in the same state. Was it like, what, obviously they talk about the analytics shit and all that kind of stuff with the Rays. But what was the first impression you got just based off of how they run things compared to how they do stuff in, in Miami? Uh, honestly, my, so Miami was super chill too. Uh, I went from like one good situation to a, just a better situation, obviously, because it was a bit, cause it's a better team. Yeah. Um, I, I got nothing bad to say about what was going on in Miami. Like, that was super, everybody on the team was nice. Uh, like that was awesome. So literally it just kind of, it was a super easy transition once I got over to Tampa that everybody's just laid back. They want to win. They just, it's pretty much like, Hey, be a professional, do your job, have some fun, goof around and yeah, win, you know? So I think that's the biggest kind of vibe that that's here, you know, just be professional, take care of your shit. And I don't know, because and like when you're confident and like have that good vibe, you tend to win games. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and I mean, they do. Holy fuck, last year, you guys were absolutely nasty, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's wild. So, And I think that's why can, they continually put together good teams even when people like last year when they started off like what was it two and two and eight or yeah, like they struggled or, out of the gate just like this year they've been struggling a little bit out of the gate too but they'll always find a way to be at the top of the alias no matter what it's crazy it really is right like i had people hit me up last year be like oh yeah the race is like this is not gonna be a good year and literally i, I tell them i'm like oh just wait just True. wait like so- yeah. They figured it out. Okay, so now this is a question that I'd love to ask guys, that especially that came from like uh, not really nothing, but came from like situations where they weren't projected to be these big time names in the big leagues. What was the biggest difference you noticed uh, in big league lifestyle? Like you're like, man, this is fucking show. 
Was it the private jets, the meals you get? Like what, the hotels, what was it? Uh, the ho- the hotels and travel for sure. For sure. Like that, like hand, hands down the food. I love food. It's just, yeah, I wouldn't think about that. Cause like I could go out to a restaurant and get good food, but spending money on private jets and five-star hotels like (laughs) you can't do that if you're just making normal money what's your favorite city to visit like what's the nicest hotel you stayed at or nicest city you visit where you're like you get to be like a tourist for the three days you're there that you like to visit and why i'm not i'm not i'm not a tourist when i'm true when i'm playing when i'm playing that's like one one thing i wish i was but i'm not you I might, I'm gonna warn you. Might get a chance. You might look back when you're older, like when your career's done, and be like, "Man, I should have fucking seen these cities I was visiting." Man, what are you doing? Yeah, but guess what? Then I'll go see him if I want to go see him. Yeah, it's a little bit different, though, man. I don't know. It's a little bit different. Like, so are, you that, are you that guy that's not okay? So, okay, you're not gonna always be in a big league locker room. Like, you're not gonna be able to be going out with big leaguers on like a, a business trip and be able to like go to a restaurant and just chill with the guys wherever city you're in you're not gonna have an opportunity to do that when you're done your career right no 100 percent. but like going out to eat or going to a restaurant or something with some teammates that's what well, that's well that's i'd say that's a different thing than being a tourist yeah and going out sightseeing or going to the space needle in seattle like that's not like that's different then yeah. going out, like going out after a game and getting some food or whatever and chilling, that, that that's different. I don't include that into being a being a tourist. Okay, what's your favorite city to visit then? Food for food wise? No, just like clean, like cleanliness. Like you like you look forward, you circle it on the calendar to go there. Maybe food wise, I don't know, but like just circle, playing there, stuff on, like that. Circle on the calendar, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. the hotel the hotel in chicago is dope what hotel is it the ritz the oh my you guys oh yeah you guys have to stay in five stars fuck i didn't yeah i think i thought i forgot totally forgot like that's like one of the clauses in the mlbpa agreement you have to stay at a five-star fucking hotel yeah i can't get good sleep in a four-star true yeah god forbid you stay in a fucking four-star man god forbid no I, ho- I think i think it's just because four stars don't have back entrances oh really no, I have no. I, I, have I was going to say, man, you just put my mind in a fucking blender there. I was like, wait a minute. Like, there's no way they're sneaking people through the back of hotels, dude. Okay. Four, four stars don't have secret elevators. <laughs> that hotel, you guys, by the way, I went to go visit Luplo. Me and, I, me and him went out when you guys were in uh, Toronto last year in like September or whatever it was. That hotel they had you guys at, we looked it up. It's 500 a fucking night. Yeah, like, we're in in St. Pete. The, no, right? in, no, in Toronto. Oh, in Tor- Oh, that's what you're saying. I thought you were saying you came here. No, no, no. I, I, you know, he went. We went out when he came to Toronto. Yeah, the one in Toronto. The one in Toronto is the Ritz too. That one's nice. That one's like five hundred night. Me and Lupo were looking at it for fun because I was like, maybe I should stay with the boys, and it was five hundred a night at the Ritz. You should have. You should have Lupo spot you yeah maybe you should have spot me that's on him 
I mean, Alupo, uh, next time he will figure something out. Now he's with the D-backs. But, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I That's the thing with the Rays. Just, like, they just find a way to win, man. And I got to ask you about Wander Franco. I mean, obviously, you got a chance to see him up close now uh, that he's there every single day, at everyday guy there. Yeah. What is this dude like? Because this guy is disgusting. Some of the shit he does is like, this guy's, I mean, this guy's going to be a future superstar. He does, man, he can play. I don't really know how else to explain it. Like he, I didn't, I didn't really know before I seen him play. Like obviously the hype around him has always been big for a while now, but I don't know. I'm more of like a, well, we'll see from my own eyes, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the hype is real. Like it, the, it, the things he does at the plate too, that's probably the most not surprising to me, but like, it's pretty sweet. I mean, just, I mean, the other day was it? Yes. Yeah. I think it was yesterday. He just literally took that, took a breaking ball like left center for a double and like just stayed back on it and just for a young kid to I mean I don't even want to say kid but like for a young guy to do do that and have that control with the bat like to me it's pretty unbelievable and like last year I know during the playoffs and stuff too where he, he just like sit back and he's like all right I'm not going to do anything with this and he would just like pop it to left field like you don't to me, if, I feel like you don't really see that with young guys. Can we talk about playoff Luplo for a second? I mean, that's the nickname I actually started from. I actually, I think I called him that on you Call s- of Duty. Call, I called s- him that on Call of Duty last week, playoff Luplo. I mean, let's go into that Grand Slam you hit. Because you were, you're the first guy we've had on that was kind of there for that and got to see it. He hits that Grand Slam off Chris Sale. That stadium, the roof was about to blow off. It, it was, was so unbel- uh, unbelievable. Like, the what was trop- it like being there? When the trop has a good crowd, it's awesome. I mean, that place that place is electric. It just doesn't happen a lot. Well, it's tough. I mean, I, well, it, one of the things, like you mentioned, is the traffic, right? Like the, the location of the place. It's tough to kind of get there, right? It, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, that's one of the things. And obviously, like, people always rag on Tampa Bay Rays fans. They have a really loyal fan base. It's just like... And one, and maybe you can make the argument they don't give a fuck in the regular season because they know they're going to the playoffs. Maybe that's uh, the argument we can make with that. Yeah, I I think just at 162 games is I know if I was a fan and not a player, like I wouldn't go to a bunch. I mean, I that's like a fuck ton. I go to so many, but yeah, do you? Yeah, I go well, obviously I go visit guys like that come on the pod and stuff. Like I'm going to I'm going to Detroit this weekend to. Uh, see Sam Hilliard on the Rockies and uh, Justin Lawrence. But yeah, no, I, I understand where you're coming from with that. It's so many games a year, right? It's like, it's tough to wake up and like, all right, we're going to another game, right? Yeah. And to go to, you know, I don't know, two a week or something that yeah. gets that you got to be in a really busy area, like say New York city, right? There's so many people that you one person like each person could go to a game one game that homestand and they're gonna have sellout crowds every night because there's just that many people around yeah so I, I think here there's just not as many people and so like i don't like, know i'd have to look at a census on that yeah uh, yeah that's a good point on that i guess it's like the and that's why the i mean the blue jays get a pretty good amount of fans because it's like the, you got the whole fucking country like you know it's it 
it makes a big difference. It, it, that's a good point. That's a, that's a good. It makes it makes like a massive difference. But so let's talk about hectic places that you've played in. What's the craziest place you've played? Like the like the craziest atmosphere you've played in. Obviously, we're gonna say the World Series here. But besides the World Series, what's one atmosphere you played in where it's like you got a second to kind of step back and be like, there is so many fucking people in here, and there's probably millions watching this shit on TV. So I felt more like that in 19 in the playoffs than I did in 20 in the World Series. Really? Because, yeah, because that whole bubble thing was yeah. just and, – and not having any fans until the World Series was, was just weird. That, that was weird. I, I, hate, I hate to – And you didn't have your fans there, right? It wasn't hate, at the Trop. It was at Globe yeah. Life. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I hate to say that because it's like the World Series, but it came on a year that was really weird. So it was, it was just, it was just different. And at that point you had so much time built up with no fans and whatever. So like playing one series with fans, wasn't just going to like bring you back to normal. How weird was that, by the way, to play without fans? Like, was it hard? And I don't, honestly, you're I in don't the major like. Leagues. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Really? So I don't like it at all. Because you're in the major leagues. Did you feel like? And maybe this is bad to say, but for me, you feel like you're say, in the minor leagues. You feel like one, you're in the minor leagues, and two, it's like it's hard to get up for games, right? Like, there's yeah. no added adrenaline, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that what I, it was like? Yeah, I like, and and I like that adrenaline. So kind of like what I was telling you. In the beginning of the year, in 20, it was like after COVID hit, and I was just like, whatever. And then the season started, and I knew we weren't going to have fans. It was just kind of like, well, all right, whatever. Go out there and just throw the ball. Yeah. It, it didn't It didn't seem like you were at that top level. Like, it felt like indie ball. Yeah, no, it felt like – because there's no fans, and you don't – Yes, you're looking across the dugout and you're like, all right, that's the New York Yankees there. But it's like there's no fans, there's no one in your ear, there's no they have the, the, the crowd noise, by the way. What the fuck was that? That was unbelievably dumb, right? We can it's agree on that. Good. It turned into white noise. It did. I will say though, if you would have been in the stadium without that, it was it was kind of eerie feeling. You're in a big stadium, and you can hear people just talking. Normal, oh, like yeah. like 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 the workers and all, and like the people you, in the dugout and shit. Yeah, you could hear everything. So you kind of needed you needed some sort of white noise. So it was, it. I get what they were trying to do, and I guess it provided some white noise. Really, that that's about it. But it didn't it didn't resemble anything it's not like you heard it and then it got fired up that's uh yeah i guess i mean i don't know i just thought the crowd noise was so eyewash in my opinion it was just like i i just don't understand why um why they put it in i i don't know i it, i guess you, you have a good point with that but and that season was also the year of another friend of the show humble brag i'm just name dropping here tyler glasnow friend of the podcast we had him on this we had him on listen to this so some may say I'm the greatest scout in baseball history. 
Because I saw Tyler Glass now in like 2018 or 2019 when he had like a 1.62 ERA. You were there with him with that, right? When he was yeah. like, or 2019, when he was like really good. Like that was the when he was tipping his signs against the Astros or whatever they said it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had him on after that season. And then he became the, the best pitcher in baseball in 2020. What was it like? like do you, do you, do you guys like feed off each other? Or like, what's the pitching room like there? Like, do you guys talk about grips or stuff like that or learn from each other? Like, what was it like with Glasnow? Because his stuff is disgusting. Yeah, I wouldn't really say we're, we talk about grips or anything like that. It's just, just talking about normal, I don't know, baseball stuff, really, about like feeling different in certain games or, or mindset. Um, not, I wouldn't really say anything like specific about grips or, um, or anything like that, just because everybody's kind of got their grip, you know, everybody throws away that they throw. So we just kind of spitball, spitball ideas. And, you know, I'll, I'll be talking about what my mindset is to, you know, keep my body smooth or slow down, you know, if I'm three Oh, and what, like what my thought process is to make sure I don't throw ball four. Um, it, I would say it's kind of those things that, that get talked about not not so much um not so much pit pitches or anything because i think here's the thing that's that a lot of people don't understand that every day is kind of a battle with yourself you don't because you do something every day you almost become super sensitive to the way your body feels okay so if you go if you go throw a baseball today and then you go throw a baseball next week just once you throw a baseball once a week you're gonna go out and you're just gonna be like oh yeah whatever it's baseball but if you start throwing the baseball every day you're gonna feel good right away but then you're gonna kind of start to you're going to like, I don't know, say you start feeling your shoulder a little bit and you're like, Oh man, my shoulder is like, why is my shoulder sore? And then, so you become super sensitive to the way that your body moves. And so, so what I'm saying is like every day is a little bit of a battle where you go out to play catch before the game and, or like for stretch BP and you're playing catch and you go, like you might be playing catch and you're like, dude, I feel like crap today. Like I have no idea where I'm throwing this baseball. Then you might not even figure it out during catch. And then the phone rings that game and it's like, all right, well, you're like, well, here, you're like, here it goes. That is, yeah. And that's the thing that fans don't really realize, like with the 162 game season like that and stuff. There's going to be days where it's like when you're on the mound, you have one, no idea where the ball is going Two, you feel like shit. And three, you don't want to be there. Like those are, that's, that's just a realist. Like you're a human at the end of the day, you're human beings. Like there's going to be days like that. So yeah. it's just how, what separates the elite is having minimal days like that. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I think like, that's kind of what gets talked about. You know, it's like trying, trying to figure out ways to minimize those days. And, and finding ways to kind of center yourself every day. And I asked this to Glas now, and maybe you could back me up on this. Did you, as a player on that team, see a, a spike in the female attendance when Tyler Glasnow was on the mound? 
Did you see, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe like a potential little spike when Glasnow is pitching because I'll, it's, there's no secret. He's one of the best looking dudes in my, in, in baseball period. And that's just not me speaking. That's just the internet. Like that's the internet polled speaking saying Glasnow is one of the best. Did you maybe notice like there was a little more female cheers when you get a strikeout compared to like, let's say another guy in the bullpen or on the mound? Yeah, you could you could hear like the decibel, the decibel change. Or exactly. There was a lot more treble in the stands. That's a good when, point. When, when he was pitching, than bass. There was a lot less bass. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's something that has to get looked into. And I was talking about maybe contacting ticket sales, maybe looking into getting someone at the uh, all the ushers at the front when they're clicking doing their click for their attendance. Maybe have another clicker just for females, just okay. to kind of see, just to see. Like, let's grow the game, Major League Baseball. Let's see. How many people are there when Glasnow is on the mound? How many women are there when Glasnow is on the mound? It has to be a difference, but he's disgusting, by the way, huh? He is so good. Yeah, it's, it's nasty. It's na- and, like, he, he can go out and throw a bullpen at 98, too, <laughs> which is not – I mean, people don't do that. People, do, people don't do – if you throw 100, your bullpens might be, like, 90, 92. And then, like, in the game, you know, you could throw 100. Have you but, had triple digits? No. Are you are you close? Uh, I <laughs> so on the gun in Boston the day the first game that I pitched with the Rays, the stadium gun said ninety nine, but it wasn't ninety nine. So it was like ninety. It. it was ninety eight point something. So we're running with ninety nine now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so bad. Like I said, like I, I say I'm six five, but I'm six five with shoes on. Like I say I'm five ten, I'm five nine. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Like we're we all and we all stretch the truth a little bit on this podcast. That's just how it's done. But when you throw 99, though, this is another dumb brain question that I'm just thinking here. When you throw a ball in your mind, do you know how fast that ball is gonna be? Like when you threw that 99 or 98 point, whatever. Were you like, that is, that's fast as fuck. Like, did, do you know that when you let go of the ball or is that something that's just like you, it just, you've come accustomed to. Do you know if it, I mean, you know, it feels good. I had never thrown that hard leading up to that game. And I was like 97, I was like sitting 97, it hit a handful of eights. And like, that was not, that's like, that's not common. So like that day, uh, I mean, after that game, I was like, "Hey guys, don't be, don't get used to that. Like, that's not no, that's not normal." <laughs> uh, and, and that was on minimal. That was on minimal sleep. I crushed like two rebels before the game, so or like during the start of the game. Uh, you you feel that things are clicking, like the ball is coming out. Um, one like yeah, I don't know. I, I I'll know once I get back to fully healthy. And I'm throwing, like I'll be, I'll be able to know, like I'll throw that, and like I could tell you probably within two miles an hour, like what it is. We're gonna I do that. Be- we're gonna do an Instagram live. We're gonna have someone record. Maybe, maybe, yeah, we're gonna have someone record. Maybe in the off season, or maybe when you're throwing your pens. Now, we're gonna see how many pitches you could get in a row. Guess the exact, like the speed. Just like, all right, ninety five, and then if you're within two. And we're gonna we're gonna put a ding like a check mark beside it because that's fascinating to me that you could just you just know within the two mile an hour range how fast you just threw a baseball. Yeah, so, so, so I guess the the thing with that would be there are some guys who can throw it, they'll throw it as hard as they can and it'll be ninety two, and then they'll throw another one and it'll be ninety six. 
they they don't like their consistency in their velocity is not great that's just like the way that they throw for me typically though i'm within two all the time that's crazy dude. very very rarely like if i'm throwing if i'm throwing 95 i'll be 94 to 96 like the entire like then my entire inning my my outing I'm, i won't be 92 96 92 94 96 like it, it usually does not vary if that's the case something's going on yeah you're maybe so last year you come back from injury obviously i think one of your first starts back was actually in toronto i think i, I think i don't know if i was at that game or not but um yeah but well, how did it feel to come back last year than another setback? Like, how hard was that for, for you? Not meant like, I guess you could say mentally or your mindset where you kind of do all this rehab, come back, and then you, you take another step back with getting another injury. Like, was that the toughest thing you've ever had to go through so far? Uh, the, the rehab process definitely is, uh, it definitely wears on you a little bit. Uh, I think the biggest thing, which I've been talking about this a little bit lately, um, I think the biggest thing is, that you don't really have any gauge of, of like how you're doing, you know, you're literally going out and you're competing with yourself over catch. Like, yeah, that's literally like, that's your only gauge of like how you're doing. So you go out and you play catch and it's like, well, that was good. Or that was bad. Or, that's a nightmare. That sounds like I, my it, worst nightmare. It's yeah. You, you have nothing that's taking your head away from, from throwing. So you know, you go throw and you're like, man, I feel like crap today. And then you know that you don't have the game later. So you, then you just play catch and you're like, all right, well, let me, let me tweak this or whatever. You know, you, you kind of start to change a little bit because that's literally all you have to base like your productivity on that day. Yeah. So it's a little dragging in that sense when you're just playing catch all the time, you, you don't have any competitiveness take, taking anything away. Um, last, last year going into like the whole rehab process last year and coming back wasn't, it, I don't want to say it was a trial, but like, it was a shot in the dark, really. It was just like, Hey, we think that you'll be able to rehab this without surgery. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah. So obviously if you can avoid surgery, you should. For sure. Like it's never, nothing is ever guaranteed once you get cut open. So, I mean, listening to the doctors and the team on, you know, their professional opinion of, you know, thinking that I can rehab it and be fine without surgery. I'm like, all right, well, yeah, why not? Like, let's try it. So it was, it was a little bit of a trial and error, really. Like you didn't know. Like Kitridge had a similar issue. He also had a little bit of a flexor thing too. But his when he rehabbed, it was just like, well, it could work or it couldn't work. So it's just kind of a trial. Um, and once I made it to a certain point last year, like I, I could throw for the most part without pain but it just it didn't feel right really it just it was just different so you were playing what you were playing and it wasn't like what for instance that's that appearance you had in toronto 
you were throwing and you felt okay, but you, it just, in the back of your mind, you're like, this still doesn't really feel correct. Like I still don't feel a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's crazy. Yeah. They just throw you out there. I mean, well, it, it's not, I mean, I'm the one that's obviously like, Hey, yeah, I'm good. Right. But everything takes time. Well, for most things take time. Right. So when you're trying to heal an injury and you're coming back, like you can't expect to just feel, feel normal and feel great. Like you're going to have some tightness. You're going to throw a couple pitches, you know, and you might be like, Oh, God, that was tight. Or like, you know, that didn't feel great, but 95% of the time you throw it and you're like, Oh, that felt okay. <laughs> so it's like, where do you, and you kind of like, I'm a pretty optimistic person. So it's like, Hey, I just got to keep throwing and it'll get better and it'll get better. Like that was my thought process along the whole thing. So that's what I was doing. I was just throwing and like, Hey, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And it never really did. So how and do you I feel throw, right now? And my throwing wasn't the same. I feel totally different. Really? Like, so, so now you're throwing and it's like, so this is post-surgery obviously, right? Like you've, that, you've yeah. done all that stuff. Um, so now you're throwing and it's, you're substantially like, you don't feel in the back of your head where it's like, I don't know if I feel good or if I feel bad right now. No, yeah, no. I, and I, and I don't have to worry about like throwing, throwing one and my elbow not hurting wow. or like it just like feeling it's it's a di it's kind of hard to explain but it's just a different feeling like last year during catch like i'd be playing catch or whatever and i'd throw some and afterwards i'd be like be like ah that did not feel good and now like that's not that's not there i still get some like tightness and stiffness and a little bit of pulling every once in a while but it's not it's just not the same wow it, so I, it's, it's hard to it's hard to i'm trying to put it into layman's terms and you know so the average person can like understand it without yeah having, no i understand and i'm like the dumbest human ever so pretty much what you're saying is Last year, when you would throw, there would be days where, like, in, in your mind, you're like, this isn't just tightness. This isn't just stiffness. Like, this is something, like, I need to get resolved. But you would still throw. And now, when you're throwing, there's obviously that you your arm will hurt. But it's you know in the back of your mind, because you experience that, you know what's tightness or stiffness. And now it's like you can kind of let it eat a little bit more than you could last year. Because last year, if you tried to let it eat, you'd be like, I could do something here if I try to let this eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it just, it didn't, some days were good. Some days were bad. That, that was kind of the roller coaster of, of last year that, that some days I'd go out and I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I think I need surgery. And then I'm like, well, we'll see how tomorrow goes. And then I'd go out and play catch that day and be like, Oh, be like, oh I felt kind of, I felt pretty good today. That, that's, that's, so that's crazy. It, it, yeah. It was just that up and down. And now everything, like, even if I throw, even if I play catch now and, mechanics you know don't really feel good and i'm like man i just my body's tight today like my elbow still feels strong and so still now, feels so 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 this year you're gonna let it be able to let it eat maybe we're gonna get the 100 you know maybe we're gonna get the 100 hey we'll see like are you so i saw a video of you throwing off the mound and race fans were just stroking off to it 
how, so I mean, so was that the first time you've thrown off a mound since the end, like the surgery? Yeah. How did that feel? Like, did, yeah. are, be honest, like, cause you're a competitor Were you like, I could fucking go out there right now. Like I'm uncle Rico and just let this shit eat. Like after yesterday's bullpen, were you like, I can pitch right now in a big league game? <laughs> I was walking around with my chest sticking out a little bit because I felt <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sick. That's um, so sick. It was, and I, I wasn't, I was not throwing hard yet because that was, it's I mean, so your stages with the rehab process is like, you know, you're not allowed to throw harder than 82 at this time. You're not allowed to throw harder than 85 at this time. That's crazy. So, so it's very, just because of the amount of stress on your elbow, you know, it needs to break in essentially. Um, so yeah, I wasn't throwing, I wasn't throwing hard yesterday, but so when can you start throwing hard. It's a, it's a progression. It's a progression. Um, so like I'm limited at 85 right now. So that's what, and then, you know, maybe in a, in a week, it'll be like 87. And then a week after that, maybe 89 or whatever it, you know, it's a, it's a building, it's a building up process, but I don't think they don't really expect you to be like back to your full full velo until you know maybe the end of your rehab process like your rehab stint i'm very impatient so i like i would be at the point where it's like man i got this new fucking elbow i'm just gonna let this shit eat it's like a new car let me take this new car out for a test drive. let me see if this elbow has 100 in it right now no break no break-in period yeah do i do i think do i think i could throw you know harder yeah 100 percent. but that that's <laughs> just kind of trying to stay calm and just just go through go through my throwing motion the way that I'm supposed to because I so I will say you asked how it felt stepping up there I I got into some pretty bad habits and just mechanically last not, year like I yes yeah um really ever since the end of 2020 I kind of I started when I went on the IL in 2020 yeah um I kind of started to develop some bad habits. And uh, so the biggest thing has been breaking those and which things have been going really well. So I noticed stepping up on the mound yesterday though, that I it, like my mind almost just flipped and, and I wanted just to get up there and try to throw it as hard as I could. And, and I had to really kind of slow down and, and just be like, hey, all right, just, just take it easy. Because it was only a short box, too. So the catcher, oh. the catcher was in front of the plate. So, yeah, you throw a couple short boxes. And then um, in a couple weeks, I'll be, first, I'll be starting to throw actual bullpens. Damn. So when's the so, ETA? When's the ETA for you? Uh, not 100%, but maybe end of june july-ish somewhere wow dude so, that and listen this may be just that is fucking long like credit to you for just honestly having the patience because you know right at the end of the day like knock on wood right now but you're healthy right now right you feel fucking great like you said like your arm feels good all that type of shit you knowing that you feel good right now and having to wait until june mentally for me i couldn't take it i'll be honest i couldn't take it. i'd be like what the fuck man like just let me throw in a game like I, I just got surgery i feel good now is that the hardest part like having to wait another two months yeah so i'm a big just kind of go with like how my body's feeling so in the off season too when i would be throwing bullpens and stuff i would just throw sometimes i'd throw three days in a row 
some days I would, sometimes I'd play, I'd throw one day, have a day off, throw another, maybe two days off. I just really just kind of listened to my body and my arm. And so when I would throw bullpens in the off season, I would throw, if I felt good, I'd throw 80, I'd throw 80 pitches. Holy like, fuck. Just because like, that's me, I'd be working on stuff. And for me, that's how I build muscle memory is just reps. So I would just throw and throw and throw, and then you build up repetition and then you have to not like, then you don't have to think about it as much. Um, so now when I feel good, it's hard to like, just cut it off. Like when I'm at, you know, say I got 60 throws for that day and I feel good. And I'm like, just let me keep throwing. Just let me keep, <laughs> let me keep cranking it up. Yeah. And, and you know, and it's like pretty much take the ball out of my hand. It's like, no, you're done. Get out of here. That's see, you got to credit those fucking people working with you because it must be like trying to, I mean, it just, tr you're, you're realistically, you're trying to stop a guy from just, just doing the most manly shit of all time, which is throw 90 fucking eight. Like they're taming you right now. Yeah, it is for sure. For sure. I mean, that's, that's why they get paid. That's why they get paid too. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, and all of us have that competitive nature in that sense where it's just like uh, give me the ball like let me just rip this like i want to like i feel good yeah when you don't feel good then then it's like here do i even have to play catch today they, <laughs> you know those, those are the those are the hard times yeah no I, yeah i a lot of people i mean that it's such a long season so you being back in june isn't really missing that much time i guess you could say technically you still have like four months no, season, three months. they don't they don't typically i mean after surgery they don't typically like anybody throwing more than like a half a season so oh, okay. that, it kind of it kind of works out but that was that was honestly my biggest issue so i thought about like this roller coaster that i was talking about with like last year just some good days some bad days yeah. Um, thinking about that and it's like, do I just need an off season to just like do my own thing and just, you know, let it calm down. But then if I'd have waited and then, you, you and then you're missing more then I would have missed all this year. Yeah. So yeah. it was just like, you know what, let's get it taken care of. And, you know, we're, we're on a, we're on a good track. Good and track. This, yeah. This is the last thing I want to bring up here. So who is, the hardest hitter you are the best hitter you've ever got to face like a guy that it, it's not hard for you to get out but he has like the toughest at bats against you or it's like you don't know the sequence to throw him because you guys are just so intertwined with you know what to throw him and all that kind of stuff or he knows what you're throwing him hmm i might say Ozzy Albies. Oh, that guy's a freak, bro. I you should like to see it. He might be batting like 750 off of me. <laughs> with a with one grand slam. Let me see. Let me see. Ozzy Albies. He so he yeah, he he's he went one for one against you in 2020. Let me see 2021 or 2019 here. 2019, he hit a granny off of me. Yeah, he hit a granny. He hit a uh no, he hit a double. Uh, four, or no, he, yeah, he, he's two for four against you in 2020 or though no, in 2019, he went two for four with a double and a grand slam. Yep. God damn. What is it? What, what makes him so tough? Like what, 
what makes him so tough to go up against? I, like, I don't know. And it might be that I just don't execute pitches for so like, like this. Yeah. Against, but the- he, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that might be, that might be one dude right now. Well, it was. Luckily, you don't have to face him, though, because he's, in, I mean, you rarely, you rarely play against him. So that's, that's, that's all right. I got to, I got to get, I got to get back. So I want to face him again. Yeah, exactly. No, dude. And maybe you could kind of vouch for the uh, Rays for us, bring back those jerseys, the uh, purple ones. You know what I'm talking about with the Devil Ray? The Devil Rays one? Were they, were they all purple? No, it was like, oh, the, they were, they were white. No, I, I know, but there, there's a hat. There's a, there's a Tampa Bay Ray, like Devil Rays, vintage purple hat. It was like purple and black. That was the most fire hat maybe ever. Yeah, right here. Devil Rays hot purple. Yeah, it's a purple hat. Like the base is purple, the brim is black, and it just has like this Devil Ray across it with TB. Those with t- are the most. With, with t- okay. Did they used to, what year did they stop wearing those? I don't know, but I, I like all the caps that I see. These are so old. They're like they have. It has to be early, early. They stopped wearing these. Like this is from the inaugural season. So these are vintage hats. We like those. Got to come back. Are you a big what? style guy on the field? By the way, you, you don't you don't really give a fuck. No, that's yeah. I mean, that's just that's just I, crazy. You know, <laughs> I think I try. I wore white cleats in Double A uh, a few times, and. I think one time that I wore them, I it might have been one of the runs that I gave up, uh, <laughs> and, and I think I might have thrown them in the trash after that. What was your walkout song? I don't What's do a walkout. Song. I don't do a walkout song either. I just tell the team to play whatever. What the fuck, man? What do you mean you don't do a walk-up song? What are you talking about? That's I like the main thing. It's like WWE. You got to build it up. I don't care. They don't. So so here's. Here's my theory with that, okay? Back in college, I used to listen to music before I would start. I'd, ha- I'd like listen to music, I'd jam out, I'd try to get pissed off, and then I'd start. I'd start the game, whatever. Over time, I feel like that, it made me, it made me angry. Like, when I would go out and throw. Like, I would just, I'd like, I don't know, I would listen to, like, Rage Against the Machines. That's, that's crazy and and then i realized that i think i should be like more calm and try to focus like with more intent not just like pissed off and now being a reliever i don't really so a lot of people say that they like listening to a song when they go out on the mound because it pumps them up yeah and they get locked in right so for me, I just feel like that adds one more thing to what you need when you play to think to think about. I'm more of like a get prepped and go out there and be focused on your own without the music. Because no matter what, they're not going to play bad music. No, that's that's up for debate. They, they, no, that's, see, that's an if outlandish take. Okay. Okay. If you're on the road, then yes. But usually at your home stadium, you should have good enough people working 
that you don't you don't get terrible music. And fortunately, they've they've thrown some bangers out there for me. Okay. Okay, fine. I understand. That's a good point. I'm going to clip that, put that on TikTok, put that on the social chat. I want to see if people agree with you on that. Because that is the most outlandish take of all time, not having a walk-up song. Because that's something that's like a prep. Like, that's something that you go you go into the offseason, you're like, what am I going to do next year? And I mentioned it to Adam Frazier. I want Adam Fravor, Frazier's walkout song to be The Stroke by Billy Squire. That song fires me up. Like, you need something to get the people going market-wise. Like, Mariano Rivera had Enter Sandman. Everyone got absolutely bananas when that guy would step out, step out of the bullpen, you know? There, okay, I get that as far as the fans. And I, I will agree with you on that. For me, that would be like me not doing much on social media. Like, I should do more on social media for the fans. But I'll take over your social media. I'll be your social media guy. We'll start bodybagging guys. So here's the thing. I thought about letting Matt do it, right? Yeah. But I feel like everybody would think it's me then. And, you know, Matt would just be posting. He'd just be posting. You let, let me take control of it. Let me control the wheel. Let me take control of the wheel for a week. Johnny June to take over just for a week. I will have you... You will just be the most talked about because Tyler Matzik was the same way. And then we talked about it on the podcast, Tyler Matzik, like getting his social media up. He started body bagging fans as jokes that would chirp him, like would say funny jokes that were like witty, not mean. And his, he's one of the most fo- like he's one of the most followed guys in major league baseball on Twitter. Like he, he's just funny now. Like he just says the funny shit. Now it's just, it's such a massive element, just like marketing wise, all that kind of stuff. He's and it's just hilarious. You let me control the boat for a week. I'll have you one of the. You'll be one of the greatest guys of all time on TikTok. You, it'll <laughs> then, be but it's not. It's not even gonna be me. It's gonna be you. Yeah, but people will think it's like. See, uh, we're ruining it right now by saying I'm gonna do it. Well, it's gonna be a random time for people listening. You don't know when it's gonna be. It's gonna be sometime this year. We'll see. I don't know, but the, yeah, the, the social media is massive. But anyways, and I'm, I'm, hey, I'm not, I'm not opposed, I'm not opposed to that because I don't really do anything. So start get start firing, uh, start firing social media, man. Like you're funny, you're a witty dude. Just start saying some funny witty shit. Like if a fan says to you, you're still shit. Uh, just, it's just like a funny thing. Say like, I don't know, just like witty comebacks. Just like little things that people are like, I can relate to this dude because he's the common man. Like he's just a normal guy. Because that's what you. That's what you kind of portray here. You're just a normal dude, anyways. Yeah, but I don't even I don't even want to give that person the light of the day. That's the thing, though, because he doesn't even want to give himself the light of the day because he's usually in a burner account. So you're really giving just no one light of the day. It's just funny shit to say. But anyways, man, I mean, that, yeah, we'll we'll definitely go into that in depth. But anyways, I just looked at the schedule. So if you're gonna be if you're planning to be back in June, you say middle June. You guys are playing in Canada on Canada Day. You guys are playing in Toronto July 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and a doubleheader on the 2nd. I will see you July 1st, Ando. We are going to figure something out. I know you don't. Maybe we'll go for dinner or something. Gator doesn't have his fucking passport, so he can't even fucking come. But we'll figure something out. I know. I tell him he needs to get it. He needs to figure it out. Yeah. If I'm there, yes, 100%. For sure. I mean, 100%. Yeah. I don't like like to put the cart before the horse. Yeah, so, we'll figure. No, like I said, we're gonna play it by year. We'll figure out whenever it is. Obviously, the Rays come to Toronto a million times a year, so it'll it'll. If it's not July, it'll be October or November or uh, September, whenever you guys come down here. So we'll figure. Yeah, something what's out. Uh, what's what's up with the what's up with the COVID stuff up there? Is it is it free again? 
like, yeah, we don't, there's no mask mandates anymore here. No Vox passports, none of that stuff. Okay. Yeah. The only, yeah. The only thing is, is I guess for opposing players that are unvaxxed, they can't cross. So like Aaron judge isn't allowed to play or I don't know. I think he got vaccinated actually. So I'm not sure, but that's like a federal thing. That's even a thing to go, I think to the U S too, like Canadians can't, or uh, you can't travel if you're not vaccinated anyways, but I'm not sure on that. I I've been to the, it's it's just it's a squeeze it's a it's a thing that I'll get into because I have no fucking idea about it. But yeah, we'll no, figure yeah, something yeah. out. No, yeah, I was just, I was just curious. So yeah, no, it's I, like there's I no there's that. no mass anymore. There's nothing. It's like yeah. everything's open now. Yeah, yeah, because when you were here, it was weird, right? There was like when you were here, right? I remember because I went Dude, when there I went, was MLB. There's MLB people in the lobby making sure that people didn't leave. Yeah, yeah, that's weird, man. That's crazy. Because I yeah, because I remember uh, when I went out to dinner with Luplo he like stood up to go to the bathroom and there's someone's like, where's your mask? Just to like stand up to go to the bathroom. And he was like, Whoa. Cause in the U S obviously, but at that time there was no mask mandates. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. But anyways, man, like I said, two years, long time coming. We made up for it with this episode. It actually, yeah, it's going to be dropping tomorrow. just the day before we're recording this. So credit to us for just getting our ball, putting our balls on the table for the people. I appreciate you doing this, man. Long time coming. I'll see you in Toronto whenever that day comes. Yeah, appreciate it. Had fun. Well, uh, I'll hop on again and and I'll prep I'll prep some better answers now that I know you're gonna ask me some in depth. <laughs> we'll get that minor league question out of the way. We'll get that. We'll get we'll get that out of you again. But anyway, shout out to Gata for making this happen. The new stepfather or whatever Gata is now. The guy's young love. You love to see it. Um, but anyways, yeah, appreciate you doing this, man. Let's fucking ride. Let's let's get this rehab. Maybe text me updates. We'll let the people know on your social media, and I will have your social media at one point. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you rock it for a week. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at a fish on a fish pod, and on Instagram at officially unofficial pod. Thank you. <laughs>